the task that we have in front of us in Lent is often felt by many Christians to be a very daunting task. The exercise and discipline, the exercises and discipline are meant to be serious. After all, we're fighting a real war, a serious spiritual combat. And I think so often in our culture, particularly in the 20th century, life was easy, life was good. Most people are still resting on the laurels of a Christian civilization that had lasted in the West for up to 1,500 years. And then the last 20 years happened, or the last 10, or the last five. It seems to be accelerating downward as it spirals closer to the bottom. And perhaps we see the need for serious spiritual discipline during Lent. Fasting is meant to be taken seriously, meant by the Old Testament church and the New Testament church, meant by Jesus. Spiritual disciplines are to be just that, disciplines. When we would be preparing, when I played basketball in high school, we'd be preparing for the season, the first you know, two weeks of practice, not unusual to have two practices a day, one in the morning, one in the afternoon. Not unusual in our sprinting to have people losing their lunch, exiting the building to throw up because they were working so hard. We have seen in our studies together how our fathers before us have set us readings that remind us of the virtues we need to inculcate to have a more successful Lenten discipline. So disciplines are often, they often circle around virtues. And we see these readings particularly during Trinity time, but also during the pre-Lenten season. We're reminded by our readings in our pre-Lenten season, our in-between season between Epiphany and Lent, we are starting to be reminded, hey, get ready. Hey, it's coming. Hey, these disciplines are important. And the last two Sundays, our readings have encouraged us to understand the cardinal virtues. And we need those cardinal or hinge virtues is what the English translation means Right? A door swings on hinges. And if the hinges are solid, the door swings easily. Our life needs to swing more easily on these hinge virtues of prudence or wisdom, justice, temperance or self-control, and fortitude or courage. Please note, however, our prayer or collect for today We've already passed the last two Sundays all those cardinal virtues. Today our prayer reads, O Lord, who has taught us that in all our doings, has taught us that all our doings without charity are nothing worth. All of our actions without love are worth nothing. 
Send thy Holy Ghost and pour into our hearts that most excellent gift of charity or love, the very bond of peace and of all virtues, without without which whosoever liveth is counted dead before thee. Of course, charity is that good old English word that we have abandoned um, without good reason, because the problems are huge. I love my wife, I love pizza, and I love God. Those are three very different versions of love. The one for my wife should be the one that I direct towards God and then towards her. Um, That type of love for pizza makes no sense at all, right? So our English is very problematic. Charity, in our common parlance today, charity is that which we give to the poor, that we give to uh, 501c3 nonprofits so that they can do charitable work in the, in the community. And so it is connected with that self-giving, that self-sacrifice. So um, uh, at Christmas time, we have the bell ringers. Sorry, that's Salvation Army, right? And, and they are collecting charitable donations. So they're ringing the bell and people come by. And my pastor growing up once came by and pulled out a 20 and put it in the thing and realized just as he let go, it was a C note. Said, Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Give that back. Give, wait. I can't take that back, can I? Uh, and he meant to give 20, but apparently God meant him to give 100. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was quite funny. Um, So there's that sense of self-sacrifice. That Greek word agape, that's that's the word that was translated in the new, or excuse me, in the King James Version as charity. I would encourage you to use the English word charity. Maybe we can have it come back to help us distinguish between the types of love that there are in this world. Our prayer for today reminds us that the cardinal virtues which are what, again? Prudence or wisdom, justice, temperance or self-control, and fortitude or courage. As wonderful as they are, and as helpful as they are for our Lenten disciplines and our life to swing more easily, they are nothing without love. Indeed, all of our Lenten disciplines without love are useless as spiritual disciplines in our lives. Paul says as much in our epistle lesson today. If I do all of these wonderful things, and he lists off many wonderful things, exercising amazing spiritual gifts or talents that God has given us, or exercising amazing faith or amazing service and sacrifice, but I don't have love, it profits me nothing. The apostle then lists a number of things that love is not. That is, it's not the kinds of actions and sins that, excuse me, it's the kinds of actions and sins that cannot exist in our lives at the same time as we are exercising love. So if you have love, then these things won't exist. If you have these things, your love's not going to exist. These things are envy, boasting, arrogance, 
rude behavior and speech, selfishness, exasperation, a suspicious and unforgiving manner, and taking joy, pleasure, and exultation in other people's fall into sin. You're going to understand if that's where your heart is, then charity, that kind of love, is not going on inside. Think through that list. When do you find yourself susceptible to one of those sins or actions or attitudes. If you're falling into any one of those sins, then love is not what you're about at that time. Rather, on the positive side, St. Paul says that love patiently endures and actively does good. It endures evil. It confers blessings. Love rejoices in the truth. Says one commentator, there are many who resist the truth or who hold the truth in unrighteousness. But love accepts it, keeps it pure. Love exalts in all of the triumphs of truth. Love endures wrongs and evils. It covers a multitude of sins. It takes the best and most optimistic view of men and circumstances as it is possible to do. When you see someone, and you see someone in a particular circumstance, do you assume the worst or the best? Love takes the most optimistic view of everyone in every circumstance. Yes, I know that we'll be disappointed a lot. But that's what love does. Love is entirely, this is good. This is an old commentary, um, 100 years old or more. This is a very good comment on this text for today's world. Love is entirely alien from the spirit of the cynic which may be fair to say is the spirit of our age for all those under my age in particular. Cynicism is that, that nasty attitude that we see so often today. Love is entirely alien from the spirit of the cynic, the pessimist, the rival, the anonymous slanderer, the secret detractor. If you are about love, you will not be that person. Love is hopeful. And hope is not just an emotion or an attitude, though I believe most of us often think it is so. Hope is this, you know, attitude that you have. Really, love, excuse me, hope is a gift and a grace. It is of God. Just recently spending time around a newborn. She is almost two years old in Christ. She's many, many years older than Talis. But a newborn in Christ, she's just almost two years old, reminded me forcefully recently of this gift of hope. Says our commentator, hope is averse to sourness and gloom. 
It takes sunny and cheerful views of man, of the world, and of God because it is a sister of love. That same pastor who accidentally put the C-note in the donation jar used to always mention, why are so many Christians so sour? And they just wear this sour face. They never smile and they grimace. And he would say, do you think that anyone sees you when you do that? And they go, oh, I know. I want to be a Christian like this person. And I've never forgotten that. Joy, hope, love, peace. That's what a Christian is about. A cheerful and sunny view of man, the world, and of God. Love endures everything whether it is the sins of friends and foes alike against us, or the ascetic self-denying disciplines of Lent, or the stings of persecution for living like Jesus. Love endures them all because love never fails. There are three theological virtues, faith, hope, and love. Love, however, says St. Paul, is the greatest. Why? Because as one old hymn has it, with a small variation, faith will vanish into sight. We will see Jesus. Hope will be emptied into delight. We'll be in the presence of God. Love in the kingdom of God will shine more bright. Another commentator notes, love is the way of life in the new world to which by grace we are bound. We need to learn it here and now. It is the grammar. Love is the grammar of the language we shall speak there. The more progress progress we make in it here, the better we shall be equipped for life in the new heavens and the new earth. Even a lot of the positives of life in our current heavens and earth will disappear in the new heavens and the new earth. Many gifts of the Spirit that are needed now will not be needed then. Love, however, is the most needed here, and it will endure to the new heavens and the new earth. Our commentator continues, Love is God's river flowing on into the future across the border into the country where there is no pride. No jostling for position. No contention among God's people. We are invited to step into that river here and now. And let, us, and let it take us where it's going. How beautiful it is when we do this. How beautiful in our spirits. How beautiful in our community. How beautiful to the world. This is witnessing the gospel, isn't it? This is witnessing to the reality of the future world of God's recreated order, breaking into the present of our broken world. The incarnation and the resurrection of Jesus are the most obvious ways in which the future has broken into the present. And we are to witness to just that. The incarnation, life, ministry, death, burial, and resurrection 
and ascension of our Lord who rules his kingdom right now from his heavenly throne. We do this most obviously with and in love. The virtues are meant to help us love more effectively. Without love, they can never get us to the place we need to be. Let's approach Lent with the virtues at our side as our aids and tools, but with love in our hearts as the driving force of our lives. Amen.